It's the Ricky Stokes I'm Calling You Out podcast from the man that brought you RickyStokesNews.com. Yeah, that Ricky Stokes. Plain and simple with just the facts. Because if you know Ricky Stokes, you know he'll call hogwash when he sees it. Yeah, that Ricky Stokes. And now, here is Ricky Stokes. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ricky Stokes News. I'm Calling You Out podcast. Got to admit that I'm starting this podcast with mixed emotions uh, on some things that I want to talk about. I'm first going to talk about uh, one that uh, Megan did a few weeks ago uh, about the libraries. And it seems like that has gotten legs and grown and grown and grown to other areas. And on Alabama Political Reporter is Prattville Councilman and I miss Garanto or something like that threatens legal action against a critical uh, citizen and the councilman's mother-in-law called the citizen and said she's his mother-in-law and chided the man for personally attacking the councilman during public comment section of the Prattville City Council meeting in which the council rejected a controversial proposed contract of services with the library. The woman also said she wished Hunt would leave the councilman's wife and kids out of it Although the citizen did not specifically mention the councilman's wife or kids during his comment, other than telling the councilman to do his job as a parent. A lot of controversy there. There's been a lot of controversy in Dale County, and I'm going to tell you about the controversy in Dale County that, in my opinion, is being used as a political grandstand because the mayor of Ozark, Alabama, has got one of the fellow county commissioners running against the chairman of the Dale County Commission. For some reason, the mayor of Ozark, Alabama, wants to control the city and the county, and he's having Adam Enfinger run. Adam Enfinger, in print, did admit that Mark uh, Blankenship is supporting him, but not financially paying for his campaign, but he is supporting him. And ladies and gentlemen, it's turned into a political thing, and they're trying to politically grandstand in Dale County and Ozark, uh, not McKinnon, not the Dale County Commission, but the commissioner, Adam Enfinger, and Mark Blankenship's trying to grandstand on this about where these books are being placed in the library. And a lot of controversy all through the state of Alabama. Even Meemaw got into it about the books and where they're placed. I don't have an answer on the books, but it's just like somebody told me that's kind of involved in the public eye. He said, you know, I don't like Barack Obama, and I wish the library had no books on Barack Obama. I like Donald Trump, and I wish they had the books on the Donald Trump. However, we got to have both books and let the people decide which books to read. I agree if the books contain uh, bad content they should be in a protected section i agree with that i have not looked at the books i do not have an opinion one way or the other because i've not looked at them but i know it's caused a lot of controversy and i know there's been a lot of grandstanding in dale county and it's got to do with running for the dale county commission chairman and trying to posture themselves to be steve mckinnon for adam Enfinger to beat uh, steve mckinnon as chairman of the Dale County Commission, and it's orchestrated in the background by Mark Blankenship, who was, who is the Ozark mayor. 
he was the Dale County Commission chairman. And Mark, I'm going to tell you, if you wanted to be chairman, then damn it, you should say chairman. But you ran for mayor, so stick with being mayor and running Ozark and quit trying to handpick and get somebody you want as a puppet on the Dale County Commission as chairman. Okay? It, it, it just get. Just get a life. Get a real life. You slapped Marlis Walker and you did him wrong. In fact, you did it wrong from the beginning. Ricky Stokes told you you did it wrong. And then you got Charles Ward in there, which I like Charles Ward. It's not derogatory of Charles. But uh, you you misled everybody on the Marlis Walker deal because you had to come back and rehire him because you messed it up the first time. And I told you, you messed it up the first time. Some of you dummies will learn sometimes I'm not a total idiot and do know what I'm talking about. This is Ricky Stokes. I'm calling you out. Podcast number 18. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Ricky Stokes. I'm calling you out podcast. And you can call Ricky out anytime at 334-790-1729. Or email Ricky at rsn.news109 at gmail.com. It's Ricky Stokes. I'm calling you out podcast. And this is, this is the part that's been bothering me that I've been trying to weigh up and down of whether to talk about because I'm going to make some people mad. Uh, There was a a gentleman in power that described Ricky Stokes yesterday. He described Ricky Stokes to Ricky Stokes. He said, you know, Ricky tries a lot of times very nicely on solving a problem or something that, that he feels like needs to be addressed. And then when he gets thrown up against the wall, he gets pushed around, he gets ignored, that he kind of gets like a rabid raccoon in a croaker sack. And that I come out on things, and I come out and hitting hard. Sometimes probably too passionately. Uh, I had folks call my preacher. In fact, that's why I left Memphis Baptist Church was because Ricky Herring called the preacher and had the preacher call me because of something I tried to solve three times, and I never could get it solved. And the fourth time, I went off the chain, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I went off the chain, but I got it changed. And the change wasn't something that affected Ricky Stokes. The change was something that affected you, the people. It was about Amlet's response and getting the nearest Amlet's to the medical call. And nicely, three times I couldn't change it. But the fourth time when I came off the chain, I changed it. At that time, Ricky Herring and I went to church together, and he had the preacher call me. Now, people have called the preacher before. I wrote a story in from down in Cottonwood about the hazing of students. And I said, really, if everybody just shut up, the kids will handle it on their own. Somebody sent me a text, says I was a poor example of a Christian. And they called the preacher. And I said, well, call the preacher. I don't tell him what to preach on Sunday, and he don't tell me what to write on Monday. And they called him, and the preacher asked me how I'd feel if a kid put his privates on your kid's face and i said hold that thought i'll call you right back and i called the investigator and asked the investigator for the second time but because i before i wrote the first article i asked him and the kid that said that happened had withdrawn that statement that it did not happen and the kids were charged in geneva county and you look at the charges if that had happened one of the charges would have been sexual abuse and it was not sexual abuse So I called the preacher back, and I said, listen, thank you. These people made the point of my article. If you don't know what you're talking about, shut up, because it didn't happen. 
and out of respect for the preacher, I called the investigator for the second time to reconfirm that it didn't happen. And the whole point of my story was not taking sides on either way. The whole point of my story was if everybody is shut up, the kids will handle it on its own. Some of the stuff they're accused of, your parents and grandparents did when they were growing up. But our generation today is, yeah, 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 yeah. You go slap crazy over stuff that, that you shouldn't go crazy over. And that's what wrong. Our kids can't even be kids today because of stupidity of some of the parents. And, 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 and I get in trouble for that. And that's why I left because Ricky Harris. What, what business did he have to call the preacher? And when I write an article, I didn't write an article that everybody but the preacher could read it. And I want to make something clear. I love the preachers. I love the preacher of Memphis Baptist. I do some things that for him that I'm not going to say what they are that I did for years. And since I left, I still continue to do them. I'm not being critical of the pastor. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't worship the pastor. Okay? I don't worship him. He's not going to get you to heaven. He's a man that puts his pants on just like you and I. He's paid to study the Bible and know the Bible and called to be a pastor, a shepherd. But he is not the judgment. He sins just like you and me every single day. So why Ricky Herring thought he needed to call the preacher on me because I went off the chain because I felt like the nearest ambulance needs to be sent to the medical emergency, not one 34 miles away. You send the one 22 miles away when a person's not breathing. Sorry. I must be an idiot for thinking that way because some of the folks in power, oh, well, they would have died anyway. How do you know? You didn't get an ambulance there. I felt passionate about it, and I worked to change it. I was on the 911 board. I couldn't get it changed by being nice, but I finally got it changed. And I don't make any apologies for it. What I am frustrated over is why did I have to go postal to get it changed. Why did I have to go postal? I'm sorry. I care about human life. I care about getting somebody there to save their lives. I'm sorry. I care about that. I care about the emergency services. It's my passion. I've been in it since I was 16 years old. Sorry. Get over it. This is Ricky Stokes. I'm calling you out podcast because I got some more to come. I'm just now getting fired up. We'll be right back. This is the Ricky Stokes I'm Calling You Out podcast. Available on his website at rickystokesnews.com. His Facebook page at Ricky Stokes News. Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Also available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back into the number 18th podcast. And, and I was just raising sand. I'm fixing to raise sand again. This weekend, there was a chase in Henry County. Henry County Sheriff's Department was chasing a vehicle. They pulled it over, and the officer asked the guy to step out of the vehicle, and he just said, no, can do. I don't think I can do that. And all of a sudden, puts it in drive and takes off. Well, I kind of got involved in that chase a little bit, laying in my bed, not going to the chase. And I called the Houston County Sheriff Lieutenant, who's on patrol, uh, in charge of the patrol shift, 
and I said, hey, Henry County's in a chase. They're on 431. They're southbound, and they're coming into Newville, okay? Why did Ricky Stokes do that? Because I've been around since I was 16, and I don't like to admit that I'm 62, but for 46 years. And you don't tell Houston County that they're in a chase when they're crossing the Houston-Henry County line. You give them a little bit of a heads up so they can get up there to Highway 431 because you do not know where they're at, okay? So I called and gave him a heads up. He came over the radio and told the other deputies, and the state trooper heard it, and the state trooper went up that way in the chase. Well, the chase turned. Went towards 99, and then 99 went north. I called him back and said, hey, the chase is going towards Abbeville. Then the chase cut over to the Newville Highway, and then the Highway 27, and then turned left. Well, I had an opportunity to talk to the Henry County Sheriff at that point, who was in the chase, and asked me, he said, can you make sure Dale County knows we're headed to Dale County? I said, I just heard Sheriff Mason Bonham on the radio. He's intercepting y'all as you're coming on 27. He said, I see him now. Well, I kept uh, Sheriff Blankenship on the phone. Well, the chase circled back around and came into Highway 431. And on Highway 431, I told Sheriff Blankenship, hold on a minute, and I conference called him with a patrol supervisor with Houston County and had him on the phone with the sheriff. And the sheriff says, okay, you got a trooper, which happens to be the trooper that heard the Houston County patrol supervisor announce the chase after my phone call to him, set out spike strips. He says, I'm not sure he got him. He turned on 12. And he said, we're pitting him. And he's bailed out and run. And the Houston County supervisor and Houston County deputies took off up to Newville to assist. I disconnected. I have a relative that lives on that road. I called them and said, hey, I'm just letting you know there's a chase going on. He said, yeah, I'm standing here looking at it. It's right here at my house. Then I heard the pilot for WASP, which is the Wiregrass Aviation Support Program helicopter, who was getting ready to go up in the air, asked for an address and couldn't get one. So I called the person back and said what is your address and sent it to the pilot so he'd have an address now here's what my point is with this ladies and gentlemen uh the dale county sheriff was talking to a henry county deputy listening to the henry county chase through the telephone because dale county can't monitor henry county all right the state trooper was talking to another Henry County deputy on the phone listening through his phone to the Henry County Sheriff's Office to know what was going on and where to go in the chase. And the Houston County unit was listening to the Henry County Sheriff through my three-way call so he could know what was going on. And the problem, what I'm explaining is Houston County Sheriff's Office is on one type of radio system. That radio system is not interchangeable with the radio system that Henry County and Headland operates on. And then Dale County operates on a radio system that's not interchangeable with Houston County or Henry County or Headland. And then the troopers operate on a radio that's not interchangeable with Dothan, Headland, Henry County, or Dale County. And Geneva County operates on a different one that's not interchangeable with the other one. It's a cluster mess that none of our leaders saw. Yes, Dothan police put Houston County Sheriff's Department radio in their radio system. 
Chief Benny figured out a way, and he did it. Sheriff Donald Valenza gave some state troopers some radios, some portable radios, so they could monitor Houston County. That's how the trooper knew about the chase to go to Henry County, because when I called the patrol lieutenant and said, hey, Henry County is in a chase, and he said it on the Sheriff's Department radio, the trooper heard it. But ladies and gentlemen, I, it's it's not my job. Yeah, I was sticking my nose where it didn't belong when I called him about the chase, but I've been around it long enough that, that I know they don't get word. And, and this agency can't talk to that agency. Well, after Chief Benny put the Houston County Channel and the Dothan radios, because they're two different radios. It's a UHF digital for Houston County Sheriff's Office. It's P25 for Dothan. I checked to see, hey, can you put that radio where the volunteer fire and EMS in Houston County can now talk to Dothan Fire? And they were going, they did that. They found out they could put the TAC channel. At a fire association meeting, it was mentioned about me wanting two radios that was in the data room to give to Dothan to put the TAC channel on. And two county commissioners that was in there started that there was a conspiracy that I wanted those radios. No, I wanted those radios for interoperability to solve a problem. And if those two commissioners, one of which should know what's going on, but get their head out of their buttocks long enough and quit because it was Ricky Stokes that asked about it and, and go, oh, it's to solve a problem. It's to solve a communications problem. But no, they had to get, oh, there was a conspiracy of Ricky Stokes. So finally, I washed my hands off it, and somebody else took it and went with it because it was me as a conspiracy. And I start thinking about all this stuff, and that I was accused from Ken Curtis, the idiot that's with WTVY Tri-States News Loser, uh, you know, that the stuff the guy did at the uh, 911 center was for the benefit of Ricky Stokes News. I want to explain a couple things to you. I started dispatching when I was 16 years old, and I'm 62 now. I have not stayed in law enforcement all these years, but I did go to police academy. And by the way, I was president of my class in the police academy, president of the class. It was not a requirement of corner to go to the police academy, but I wanted to go. But I didn't stay in law enforcement because, quite honestly, uh, you don't make any money in law enforcement. But it's always been my passion. And I had placed my life on the line for law enforcement officers. And if I had gotten killed, my family might have gotten a plaque. But that's all they would have gotten. They wouldn't have any financial support. They would have been on their own. But I'm not going to stand there and watch an officer's life in danger. Years ago, Lieutenant Ashley Forehand stopped three people in front of the Dothan Civic Center. And he was right by himself. There were three murder suspects. I stopped. I was working with a criminal defense attorney at that time. I stopped and went to the right rear of Lieutenant Forehand's vehicle. He was on the left side, and all of a sudden the right door opens and a pistol falls out and hits the ground. And I had a weapon, I had it drawn, and I had a portable radio in my hand, and I hollered, Lieutenant, got a gun! And he grabbed his shotgun and came over there. I had been told by law enforcement, to include Donald Valenza, that if I hadn't been there, Ashley Forehand would have been shot and killed. There's no doubt. Now, I want to tell you something. That experience probably cost me about $10,000. And the reason it cost me about $10,000 is because I was an investigator for a law firm 
and one of the parents came in and wanted to hire us to represent their son the next day. And my fee in that case, in a murder case, capital murder case, would have been about $10,000. So that's what it cost me to make sure that that deputy went home that night because I was not going to drive by and him by himself with three capital murder suspects. As soon as his backups got there, I got in my truck and left. So I didn't hang around. I wasn't in the way. I was there to make sure the deputy was okay. John Powell despised me when he was Dothan police chief. But behind Dothan Civic Center, a police officer was in a struggle, and I happened to be at the red light in front of the Civic Center, and I cut through the parking lot and was the first one to him. If you don't believe me, it's Lieutenant Eggleston with Dothan Police Department who was fighting with somebody, and I bailed out with him, helped him fight, and handcuffed the guy and put him in the car. When Ethan was in the bunker, now I want to make it very clear, this was an option on the table, but it never came to planning. Sheriff Valenza at that time was Chief Deputy Valenza, got me out of the media circle because the guy in the bunker wanted to be on TV. And it, one of the things was discussed about putting me in there to make him think he was on TV. Now, I don't know whether that was because the, they knew that if I had to, I would use deadly physical force if it required it, or if he shot me, I was very disposable. I don't remember, which, I don't know which one it was. But again, it didn't come. I was carried into the inner circle of the command post, of which I didn't stay in there but about 10 minutes. And the reason is, if something got leaked, I didn't want to be the one accused of it leaking it. I left out of there. Again, it didn't come to the planning stage. It, came, it was an option on the table at the beginning. Now, when the Ethan call came out, the uh, comm center in Dale County was slammed. Donald Valenza was chief deputy with Houston County Sheriff's Office, and I called him, and I said, roll your SWAT team. This is what they've got. He called Sheriff Andy Hughes, and he said, roll your SWAT team. I called then Captain Steve Parrish and told him. I called the trooper's office, and I said, I'm not asking you to tell me. I'm asking, do you know what's going on about four miles north of you? No. Well, here's what's going on. And they responded, why did I do that? I stuck my nose where it didn't belong, but they needed help. And the dispatchers was slammed, just, I mean, just slammed with phones ringing, people on the radio and stuff like that. And I needed, they needed SWAT teams based on what I was told. And I beat Sheriff Olson up to the scene. And that's just a few examples. Just recently, I get a telephone call, four phone calls from Uganda. Sheriff's office had hit a house and the person's relative was in Uganda who found out about it. And they called me, and then I had somebody else call me and said, hey, you just had four calls from Uganda. That's the brother of the person the sheriff's office is hitting. I conference called them with Sheriff Valenza, and the guy had just come out of the house. The 15-hour standoff that they had over in uh, Enterprise that day, the brother started texting me because he couldn't get up with law enforcement. And I got him up with the sheriff of Coffee County. Because he, was, he said, if you can put me on loudspeaker with my brother – I can talk him into giving up. The murder that they had in Graceville, Florida, at the Hardee's. I get a telephone call from a guy that says, hey, you're looking for me. I'm thinking the bail bonding business. Am I looking for him? I said, well, let me get to the office and get a list. Uh, uh, what's your name? He said, I'm talking about for the murder in Graceville. I went, uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, where are you? I'm in front of your office. Stay there. I got Houston County Sheriff's Office to meet me. I contacted Jackson County for the captain. 
the captain did not know I had bail bonding business. He just knew me as Ricky Stokes News. And I said, I got so-and-so at my office. Well, he turned out he was the driver of the car uh, where the murder suspect was in the car. And they came to my office, then carried him to the sheriff's office. The next day, the sheriff's office, along with Jackson County, goes and hits and gets the suspect. So I've been involved in a number of deals, a number of things, law enforcement. And I will put my life on the line. I was chairman of the board of the 911. I was on the board. I was on the board when we built the new 911 center that in a 30-year note, we got it paid for in five years. The law enforcement and emergency services has been my passion. But if I needed somebody to get me something out of the 911 center or out of CAD like I was accused of, I would have stayed on the 911 board. When my appointment came up, I voluntarily said I did not want to get reappointed. I did not need anything from that center. But there's some people that have have accused me of it, and there's some people that have kind of had a chip on their shoulder in emergency services that's just kind of got under my cotton-picking skin, and I'm tired of it because I didn't need it, and I didn't have anybody do it. Today, they had a chase. Started in Hartford. From Hartford, it went to Holmes County. From Holmes County, it went to Jackson County. Ladies and gentlemen, through text, Ricky, I get a telephone call. The telephone call says, why is Hartford chasing a vehicle on 109 crossing 605? When Houston County puts it out, they said Hartford is crossing into Alabama from Florida on 109. No, they wasn't. They were crossing 605 on 109. Then they said they're eastbound on Cottonwood Road. Well, you can't go very far east on Cottonwood Road because it runs north and south. So you only got two lanes that you can travel east. Then the chase is on 84 East in Cowards headed towards Dothan. Dothan didn't know about it. Captain Jason Penn happened to be sitting at East Main in the circle when the vehicle crashes and four vehicles wrecked. And the suspect goes running into the hospital. Law enforcement did a great job. Dispatch did a great job. My point's not about dispatch. My point's about Hartford has their own radio system. That radio system doesn't talk with Holmes County, Florida. Holmes County doesn't talk with Jackson County. Hartford can't talk to Jackson County. Hartford can't talk to Houston County. Houston County can't talk to the troopers. What are we doing? Who is in charge of the insane asylum? And it's got to be fixed. There is a simple fix, a very simple fix, but because it's Ricky Stokes' suggestion, it's taboo. It's taboo. I don't care whether I'm liked or not. I'm 62 years old. The best part of my life is behind me. I have passed my daddy and uncle who died at 60, so I'm past the bar that they left because they both died at 60. I've made it to 62. But there's problems got to be fixed, and I'm tired of just because I come up with an idea or I say it that, who? Ricky Soak said that, or Ricky Soaks is this, or Ricky Soaks is that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, none of this stuff I do for money. None of this stuff that I'm doing as far as emergency services when I was on the board, my involvement with Cottonwood Rescue, which is fixing to come to an end, my volunteering. Uh, since 2006, I've been the volunteer deputy coroner in Henry County, Alabama. I am now deputy coroner also in Dale County, and I didn't know till after I took the position I do get paid 
to answer calls in Dale County, and I hadn't cashed a check they sent to me yet. I think I'm going to make Adam Enfinger give it to the library board since him and Blankenship had this beef with the library board. But I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it to help. They, there's no funding. Yeah, you can look at it. They won't even put a morgue for the coroner in uh, Henry County. I do it to help him that when he wants to take off, he's got somebody that's walked in those shoes because I have. But I, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated, and I listen to those chases, and when this agency can't talk to this agency, and they're having to listen through the phone of this officer to that officer, and, and you ask, well, why did they call you? Well, because I have most everybody's cell phone numbers, because I have most everybody's with the agencies around here. You'd be surprised how many people that's who's who that calls me for phone numbers of other people. Okay? That, that's why. That's why they call me. Not that I know everything. It's just... I know who to contact, and I've been in this for 46 years, so I've done a thing or two. I asked the sheriff the other day, I said, I want to ask you a question. In the 46 years that I've been around, and I've known a lot of confidential information, have I ever violated that trust? And he said, I don't know that you have. I don't know that you violated it. I've worked cases where the police chief murdered the mayor. Yeah, you got that right. The police chief of Napier Field murdered the mayor. I have been involved in some major things. I've known a lot of confidential information that I've never shared. In fact, some information last week on something that when I did the story, uh, I didn't share the confidential information. Okay, I don't do that. You don't do that. If a, somebody tells you off the record, it's off the record. And it just kind of burns me up the way some of these treat me and want to make lying accusations on things and, and that I'm some stupid individual. And it just, it just may, I have one interest, ladies and gentlemen, that's service to you, the people. I want to make sure if you call an ambulance and you dial 911, by God, you get that ambulance. I want you sent more than you need to handle the emergency, and they can be turned around if they don't need you. It's like people ask, why do you auto-launch survival flight on certain things? I'd rather have them in the air going to you and you not need them and turn them around than you be a burn patient and need to go to Birmingham or Pensacola or some burn center and not even land here in Dothan because they're, all they're going to do is package you up and send you on to Birmingham or Pensacola or mobile wherever the burn centers are so you put the bird in the air going right then it's about saving lives it's about protecting the public and i'm not saying the people in the decision making don't don't have that in mind but the communications part of this puzzle of emergency services the providers the ones who sell these radios and these radio systems has done a terrible job and a disservice to the people and a disservice to the agencies because what was, ladies and gentlemen, it was real simple in the olden days. You had a 155.010 called Alabama Police Interagency that you could flip over and talk. And everybody had that and you could all talk. Now, everybody has different radio systems and they want to run some underground secretive government that's a bunch of gobbledygook. And, and I, it just ticks me off beyond belief when 
you having to have law enforcement officers talk to other law enforcement officers on the phone in the middle of a chase or a robbery or something going on like that to be able to know where they're at and what's going on. It's hogwash. It's hogwash. And it's time for it to be fixed. And it's time for somebody to be a leader. And it's time to get it fixed. This is Ricky Stokes. I'm calling you out podcast. Find Ricky on his website at rickystokesnews.com, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter. You can also email Ricky at rsn.news109 at gmail.com or text Ricky anytime at 334-790-1729. And tune in next time for the Ricky Stokes I'm Calling You Out podcast. Available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you find your podcast. Hogwash.